Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Christian Fellowship. We hope that you'll be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. Father, help me to deliver this message this morning as I bow before you, as I look to you for simplicity of speech, for an anointed word. We pray and ask for open ears for all of us to hear the now word of the Lord and what it is you desire to communicate to us this morning. And we thank you for giving us eyes to see and hearts that fully understand your precious word. We thank you for the nearness of your presence with us, around us, and for releasing us together once again, together in body, to worship, to fellowship, and to sit at your feet and hear your word. For all of these blessings, we give you thanks, and we do not take them for granted. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you this morning. Amen. The title of my message this morning is rooted and established in Christ. Two things the Lord laid upon my heart at the end of last year for us to pursue as a spiritual family, and those two things are, first of all, to equip our spiritual family in the knowledge of God's Word. In other words, to go much deeper into the knowledge of his word. And the second is to raise the level of prayer, both privately in our own private prayer life as well as publicly. That is why Michael, for the last two, three Sundays, is giving an opportunity to us to pray together as a family. And so we are incorporating prayer into our time together when we come uh, to minister to the Lord. So, having said that, please turn, uh, Siobhan, please put up these verses of Scripture, Colossians. Uh, this is our foundational Scripture, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, and I am reading from the New Living Translation. I have ministered this very word to our international fellowship last Sunday, and I wanted to minister that to you as well this morning. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7 says, And now, just as you accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord, you must continue to follow Him. Let your roots grow down into Him, and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught, 
and you will overflow with thankfulness. Now, if I were to write a letter to the church today for the purpose of encouraging and for the purpose of giving direction, I would write exactly these same words that Paul wrote to the Colossians so long ago. Notice what he says to them. Let your roots grow down in Christ and build your lives on him so that your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. Notice that Paul is writing here not to new believers. We can clearly see that these believers knew the truth. They were taught in the truth. They were not new believers who hasn't been taught. He says, you will grow strong in the truth you already were taught. So, it is to these believers that Paul writes and admonishes them to grow in intimacy with Christ. And if there is one thing that the Lord is saying to this church in our day is grow strong in intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Go deeper into the life of the Spirit, into the life of faith, into the life of the truth, and throw roots, deep and strong roots in Christ, because you're going to need it in order to stand strong in the day that we are living in currently. Amen? Now, if there was ever a time in which these very words have become so relevant, it is now, it is today, in the days that we are living in. Gone were the days, I believe, where you can just coast along, just ride along comfortably without any real effort in developing your faith and trusting in God in order to survive these days. Those days are gone. Are you listening to me? The days we are currently living in are days of great stress, turmoil, and trouble. As Timothy said to Paul, in the last days, perilous times will come that are hard to deal with and hard to bear. Count your blessings and don't take them for granted. Because only very few are in the place where you are today. Amen? This is the time where many are being tested, many are being tried, both in the church and out of the church. Many are losing their jobs, their businesses, as well as their livelihood. Not a few, but many. Unemployment is on the rise. We hear that on the news almost every day, as never seen before in South Africa. Everything around us that can be shaken is being shaken. And you can see it every single day. Wherever you cast your eyes upon, 
whatever you hear, there's nothing positive out there in the world. It's all negative, negative, negative. You listen to the news, there's no good report anyway. Hello? The, this, this very pandemic has brought the entire world on its knees. Now, people who, who are secure, very secure in their environment, secure in their businesses, secure in their employment, are now faced with unforeseen challenges as the rug is being pulled from under their feet. This alone can bring great stress, great fear on a person, and even the believer. And unless one has developed his faith to such an extent that enables that person to tap into the grace of God, he will not be able to stand strong. He will wither and dry up. I'm talking about spiritually. Amen? Are you listening? Do you agree with his statements? You're going to have to be strong in faith, not only to survive, but to overcome. Many needs will, surf, will, will begin to surface, and they've already done that, both in the church and in the community. A while ago, we had a cluster meeting, and our cluster oversees about, all together with all of its leaders, about 40 churches. And many of them are in dire straits financially. They lost their congregations. They lost their livelihood because of the uh, lack of getting together. And you know, some congregations, if they don't get together, they don't get an offering. That's why last month we took up an offering for pastors in need. There's a tremendous need out there. And so many needs are going to surface, both in the church and in the community, and this will severely test our hearts and our minds. And those who are able to help will also be tested. Amen? Either we're going to close our eyes and pretend we're not seeing and, and, and we're not caring what's going on, or we're going to roll up our sleeves and do the best we can in order to help those that are less fortunate than us. Amen? What we need to do, I believe, as a community of believers is to tap into the abundant grace of God, which is sufficient in any situation, and release supernatural provision, supernatural encouragement, supernatural hope, not just for ourselves, but for many who are going through some of these very challenging times. People are looking for encouragement. They're crying out for some good news, and there are no good news out there in the world. The only good news is in the Word of God. We have the good news. We have the living hope. Amen? But in order to do that, we will need to develop a strong spiritual root system by which we tap into God's abundant grace. I am reminded one of God's promises to those who have faithfully walked with the Lord 
and have been faithful in the giving and have prepared themselves for such a time as this. And that promise is found in 2 Corinthians 9. In verse 8 and 9, the, the apostle Paul says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the conditions we find ourselves in, always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance, not just for ourselves, but for every good work. Amen? As it is written, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, and his righteousness endures forever. What a place to be in such a time as this. That's extraordinary. You're like a tree in the midst of a desert that continues to blossom in adverse and harsh circumstances. Amen? While everything else around you is dry, you are like a watered garden and like a spring of water that its waters do not fail. You always have a word of encouragement. You always have a smile on your face. You always have a good report, regardless of what goes on around you, because you are tapped into the grace of God. You live in another realm. You are a citizen of the kingdom of God. You continue to shine in the darkest places. And that's what the church is supposed to be in our world today. A light that shines. Amen? In the dark places. Always having a word of encouragement. Always being strong in the Lord. Singing and making melody in our hearts to the Lord. Not just on Sunday morning when we come to church. Amen? While we go to work, while we work at home, there's a song on our lips, there's a song on our hearts because our roots have grown deep, deep, deep into the life of Christ who lives within us. Amen. So today we're going to talk about <clears throat> how to develop a strong spiritual root system and thus have prepared ourselves for such days. Because the, these things don't happen overnight. You don't develop strong roots. It's a process. But it takes an effort from our side Spiritual growth and development is not like natural growth and development. You know, naturally, all you need to do is eat and sleep, and you grow, and you don't know how you grow, but you grow. As a baby, you become an adult. You don't exercise any effort to grow physically, but spiritually, it requires an effort to grow. You don't just grow automatically. Hello? There are disciplines that we need to engage in. Disciplines that we need to make part of our daily lives, like prayer, like fasting, like Bible reading, like meditating in the Word, like fellowshipping together. And it takes and requires an effort. Amen? Yeah. Developing a strong root system Take a look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8. 
Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7 and 8. Listen to what the word says. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. The more you trust in man and in what man can do, including yourself, the more you depart from the heart of God. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot serve self and God at the same time. For this man, he shall be like a shrub in the desert, shall not see good when it comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. But blessed, hallelujah, say blessed. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters which spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor cease from yielding fruit, even in the year of drought. You will continue to bear fruit. Why? Because you are planted by the waters of the Word, the grace, and the mercy of God. Amen. And notice, he will not fear. He will not be anxious. He will not feel insecure. Even in days such as this, he will continue to blossom and bear fruit. Why? Because his trust is in the Lord. Amen. So here we see two kinds of people. Those who trust in man, in what man can do. Those who trust and have the confidence in the Lord. It is evident that those who trust in the arm of the flesh, as we read, will remain under a curse. You don't have to do some evil thing, some great sin. Just trust in man. The word says you remain under a curse and will be like a shrub in the desert, void of any blessing. And Scripture says you shall not see good when it comes. But the person who trusts in the Lord is blessed at all times. And he does not depend on favorable conditions for survival or sustenance. What a blessed place to be. Amen? Wow. It continues to flourish, continues to bear fruit in drought, in harsh conditions, dry places. And you see here, the Bible compares the man who trusts in the Lord like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water. The outcome and the quality of this man's life is something to behold. He has a strong spiritual root system that penetrates all manner of harshness and taps into the life of Christ within, bringing life and refreshing to his entire existence, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, and socially. 
What a God we serve. Amen? Isaiah also says that the people who trust in the Lord are like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. We went through a severe drought a couple of years ago in Cape Town. All my, our gardens in our area, they gone dry and ugly, and, and it was terrible looking at the gardens. But now and again, you would see a garden that was all lushy and green and fresh and beautiful to look at. And what was the secret? They had a well. <laughs> they had their own water system. They didn't depend on the city to supply water. Hello. They dug deep and they found water. And so everybody's, everybody else's garden was dry, but theirs was beautiful and green. That's the type of picture of the believer in harsh, in challenging, and unfavorable circumstances, such as the ones we live in our day. Hallelujah. Notice he says, He shall not be anxious, not fearful, in the year of famine and drought, because they have developed a life of intimacy with Christ, and they know how to tap and draw strength from the life of God that is within them. So the need for this hour, as we look at the church as a whole, it is clear that the measure of the faith and the grace in many believers is no longer sufficient to cope with the challenges of life. Why do I say that? Because many are overwhelmed. You talk even to believers today, either on the phone, or you meet them at the shopping center or whatever, they're overwhelmed, swallowed up by these challenges, fallen prey to many are depressed, and they are discouraged. Hello? Oh, you would hear them saying, oh, this country is going to the dogs, and getting worse and worse. What are we going to do? Woe is us. But they are believers. So where is their faith? Is it in the Lord or is it in the government? Hello? Is it in the Lord or is it in our economy that keeps weakening and weakening? It can weaken all at once. My faith is in the economy of God's kingdom. And God's kingdom has never known a recession, has never known lack. <laughs> Hallelujah. It continues to flourish and prosper. And the Bible says that we are citizens of the kingdom of God. We're not subject to the conditions this world goes through. You have another kingdom. You live in another kingdom. Yes, you are in the world, but you are not of the world. How do we need to get this into our head and into our hearts? Amen. Amen. But you see, these believers who have been swallowed up, there is a reason for that. It's because of many months and even years of spiritual neglect when it comes to spiritual disciplines, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to fasting and seeking God's face, when it comes to Bible reading, studying the Word, meditating the Word, they've left these disciplines to the side. They forgot about them. And they thought they could just coast along. But before you realize, you've gone far. 
You've backslidden. You don't even know it. It's like Samson. Got involved with Delilah, got involved like believers getting too involved with the things of this world, the cares of this life, the deceitfulness of riches, and Samson didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. When the Philistines came upon him, he thought that he could just shake them off like he did in the past. But the Word says he did not know that the Lord had departed. No more strength. Hello? Compromise will derive you from spiritual strength and spiritual stamina. Sooner or later, you will pay the price for being compromised. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Paul the Apostle warned us through his writings, and we've already quoted that verse, 2 Timothy 3, 1, perilous times, great stress, trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Things are getting harder and harder, naturally speaking, both spiritually and financially. Therefore, the greatest need of the church in this present hour, my need, your need, is to develop a life of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We need to learn as believers how to tap into the life of God for spiritual, emotional, financial sustenance and provision because there's much more that God desires to bless us with. Nowhere else is safe. Not in this country, not in that country, not in another country. Anywhere in the world you go, you're not safe. The only place there's safety and security is in the Word of God. The Word says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 26 through 29, God is shaking everything that can be shaken. But listen to what He says. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. (laughs) Your kingdom will never be shaken, and it will stand forever and ever. Amen. So he says, let us have grace by which we serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Amen? So God is offering us in the midst of a world that is being shaken, an unshakable kingdom, and he is encouraging us to throw roots into the rivers of supply of this very kingdom. Amen. Amen. Look at the tree. The life of the tree is where? It's in his roots. Am I right? They are hidden deep in the ground, and they carry nutrients and vitamins to the entire tree. That's where the life is. It's beneath the surface. It's not on top. It's beneath. Amen? Amen. So the trees which have deep and strong roots are able to sustain their vitality even in the most harsh and hostile conditions. But the life of the Christian is also hidden, the Bible says, not in the ground, but in Christ. Colossians 3, verse 1, For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Did you, did you hear that? 
The life of the Christian is also hidden. Where is it hidden? With Christ, God put you in Christ and hid you in God. Amen? So believers who are intimately connected to the Lord Jesus, they are able to triumph and overcome. Amen? So what we need is not more money. What we need is not more things. What we desperately need is not favorable conditions. And many of us, often when we go through hard times, we're praying, Lord, please set me free from this. Take me out. I can't bear it. I can't do this anymore. Just change my circumstances. No, we don't need more favorable conditions. What we need is more of God. If you can't cope with what you're going through, that means your strength is little. That's what the book of Proverbs says. If you faint in the day of adversity, then it means one thing. Your strength is little. So what do you need to do? Remove the adversity? No. Go deeper into God. Get more strength. So what we need is more of God. Hello. Do we want more of Him? Ah, that's the question. Or are we satisfied with what we have of Him? Well, many in the house of God today are just satisfied, complacent. I've got enough. Amen? It's the truth. Jesus said, blessed are they which do what? Hunger, thirst. One prayer that we need to pray every day. My God, give me more hunger for the things of God. Lord, increase my appetite for you and for the things of the Spirit. And judge yourself. Say to the Lord, Lord, I'm not that hungry like I used to be. I recall when I got born again, I was so hungry, but now, Lord, I'm not that hungry anymore. I can just coast along. Amen? I'm not seeking your face like I ought to. I've become lazy. The Bible says, let us judge ourselves, folks. Why? So that God doesn't judge us. Just now we're going to take communion. And the word of the Lord says, let a man examine himself. It doesn't say examine your church, examine your pastor, examine your neighbor, examine your brother, examine your sister. No, it says examine yourself. Look into your own heart with the help and the light of God and say, Lord, I've become lazy when it comes to spiritual things. I'd rather do something else than study the Word. Hello? And when we are honest and truthful with God, God is able to do something about it. Amen? So what we need is more hunger, more thirst for God, for the things of God, for the things of the Spirit, for the kingdom of God. For Jesus said, those who are hungry for righteousness, they shall be filled. And listen to this. When we lose our appetite for God and the things of the Spirit, our root system begins to dry up and weaken. And when it does, listen, it begins to affect every area of our lives. 
It will affect your marriage. It will affect your finances. It will affect your relationships. It will affect your work. Amen. And then what happens? We begin to easily give in to the flesh and to its carnal desires. No resistance. The moment temptation comes, we just fall into it. No strength to resist. Focusing more and more on the things of this world rather than on the things that have eternal value. Amen? Praise God. The way we develop a life of intimacy with the Lord is by obtaining, and believe me, it takes work, and maintaining a renewed mind through prayer, through prayer and the diligent study of the Word of God. We dive into the Word. We immerse our minds into the things of the Spirit. Literally, baptized. Because this mind is the key to maintaining a life of intimacy. Yes? Yes? Amen? Psalm chapter 1 says, Blessed is the man. Again, here we see the blessed person who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, he does not listen to worldly counsel. He has no time for that. His ears are not open to the news where he believes every word he hears. This is the counsel of the so-called wise of this world. He says, nor does he stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, or the word of the Lord, and in his word does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, what a promise, will prosper. Whatever you do will prosper if you follow these instructions. Your investments will prosper, your marriage will prosper, your relationships will prosper. Whatever you do will have the blessing and the seal of the Lord upon your works, if you do that. Amen? So the more you meditate in the Word of God and you dive into the teaching and the spirit of the Word, listen to this, the more you learn to think like God thinks. Amen? And this is the life, the secret of a life of intimacy with Christ. You see, a renewed mind enables the believer to tap into the life of God within. Without a renewed mind, you cannot. If you don't know the thoughts of God, the plans of God, the will of God, you cannot walk in them. If your mind is ignorant of what God has deposited within you already in the Spirit, how will you able to draw it out? You can't. That's why the renewal of the mind is a must. 
because the strength of the renewed mind is in its unshakable trust in the Lord. The renewed mind is not influenced by external circumstances, external pressure. It is not influenced by man's opinions and is not threatened by fear or intimidation. That is the strength of the renewed mind. And it taps into the glorious riches of Christ. It has that ability to do that. Amen. You see, very often we talk about faith, the development of our faith, growing in faith. But I say this, our faith will never rise above the level of your thinking. Wrong thinking produces wrong believing. Wrong believing produces wrong actions and a wrong attitude. Are you listening to me? Don't jump on your actions, jump on your mind. You change your mind, your attitude will change. Amen? That's what true repentance is all about. It's a continual renewal of the mind. Amen? If we want to raise the level of our faith, we must first raise the level of our thinking. Because God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. In fact, the Word of God says, as far as the heavens from the earth, so far is the ways of God from our ways. Amen? So when you embrace a renewed mind, when you, when you receive the thoughts and the plans of God, guess what happens to you spiritually? You rise on another level. When you are up there, you know, you're able to see further. You're able to see clearer. You can see far. Why? Because you have been elevated. Imagine yourself into one of these tall buildings that has about 90 stories. You get to the third story and you look over the balcony of the third story and you see certain, you have a view, but when you reach the 90th floor and you look, do you see the same thing? No, you have a much better view. And that's what we need. We need to embrace the view of God, but you can't embrace it while we're down here. We have to rise up there. How do you get up there? By embracing the thoughts of God. Amen? You will, you will be able to see your future down the road, what God has prepared for you, and you will be able to prepare before you reach there. The reason why so many within the house of God have been caught unawares is because they have made no preparation for what is to come. Imagine trying to build a house in a hurricane. You can't. Hello? I believe in saying this, let me make this statement. Most of the problems and difficulties we face today as believers are the result of our limited thinking. We have not learned to think like God thinks, and we have not learned to speak like God speaks. You see, God in Christ has set us free. What did he do? He gave us the life of Christ. The Bible says Christ in you is the hope of glory. 
when he gave you and me the life of Christ, he has removed all limitations. He has removed all restrictions and has given us the freedom to walk in the Spirit, to walk as he walks. That's why John says, as he is, so are we in this world. Father, we thank you for your precious word this morning. We thank you for light and truth that expels darkness, doubt, unbelief, fear, and insecurity. Thank you that you've given us this precious word, and within it you have hidden all of the power, all of the grace, all of the things, the nutrients, spiritually speaking, that we will ever need or require. Help us by teaching us how to tap into the life of grace, into the life of Christ, in order to be a blessing to the world around us, to have compassion, to reach out and be the voice of God and the hands of God in our struggling communities. And Lord, as we come to the table of the Lord, your word tells us that when we come to this holy table of the covenant, of the blood and the body of Christ, we must come with godly fear. We must come with love in our hearts. We must come with forgiveness. And Michael spoke about not having any offense against anyone making sure that our relationships are in order, both at home, in the church, and in the workplace. Father, as we come, we examine ourselves, our inner motives. We examine our hearts and we pray, as David prayed, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me, Lord, in the way everlasting. For your word says, but let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. You see, the church in Corinth had many problems. There was strife. There was envy. There was division. There was someone in the church that's, that, that was sleeping together with his stepmother. They didn't do anything about it. They tolerated it. They were taking each other to court, fighting in the courts. And Paul says to them, if you don't judge yourself, God will judge you. And then he says, that is why many of you are sick and weak, and many have died before their time because you didn't judge yourselves. In other words, what does it mean to judge myself? Take responsibility. When you do wrong, and you know when you're doing wrong. 
take responsibility and judge yourself and say, Lord, I messed up again. I did it. Forgive me. I judge myself. Cleanse me. The Word of God says, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen? Don't dwell on the wrong and don't keep condemning yourself. Judge yourself right there and then. Don't wait until you come to church to judge yourself. And God will forgive and cleanse. So with these thoughts in mind, let each one of us examine themselves, examine our hearts in the light of God, and partake of the covenant emblems. Amen? So, can we do that right now, please? We hope that you've enjoyed this message. For additional resources and more information, come and visit us at alphaomega.org.za.